Browns, Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 848. As we do our show live here on the 5th of September. Happy Labor Day weekend to all. Let's start with an audio postcard from our Freya McGregor out at Point Loma near the Cabrillo National Monument in San Diego, California. We apologize in advance for the noise of the wind that Freya was dealing with there as she observed and listened to a pretty cool bird. Hey everybody, it's Freya McGregor here. And that bird you were just listening to is a California thrasher. It's sitting on top of a big bush at the end of Point Loma, which is just by San Diego. Uh, Cabrillo National Monument is here. It looks a little bit like a mockingbird. They're all in the same family, although it's much darker brown. And its bill is really long and down curved. quite hilarious and it's singing away quite happily well thank you for your song friend bye well that was even windier than, than i thought that was definitely not recorded in a studio thank you freya and she is okay and by the way when freya isn't watching california thrashers she's writing articles for nationalaudubon.org they've just published her excellent piece about inclusivity in birding called it's time to redefine birding. You can find a link to it on our website, talkingbirds.com. There's no G in talking. Right. Meanwhile, uh, from a thousand miles north of San Diego, our friend and British Columbia correspondent Trevor Fletcher has sent us a story about how the Vasseur Lake Bird Observatory there is seeing much lower numbers of migratory birds this year. The suspected reason, a combination of heat wave, drought, habitat change, and those West Coast wildfires, all conspiring to drive migrating bird numbers way down from previous years. And uh, we'll get that story up on our website shortly, by the way. And thank you, Trevor. What we're hearing there sounds like some kind of a mechanical device, but actually it's our mystery bird. And this is a preview of our mystery bird contest. That's another one of the sounds produced by our mystery bird, a foot-long shorebird found in wet, grassy areas where it probes into mud for small invertebrates with its long, specialized bill. It has a brown body with a boldly striped back and head and a rusty red tail. It breeds in the northern states in most of Canada and Alaska and winters across the U.S. from northern California to the mid-Atlantic states and down into South America. So in addition to that ticking call, the male produces that hollow, low-whistled sound called winnowing. Clues there in the sound of our mystery bird and the prizes include a big bag of bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans 
coffee. That's our favorite coffee around here, and I think you'll like it, too, and hope you win it on our Mystery Bird Contest, along with the Droll Yankees' new generation metal finch sock that can be hung or pole-mounted, has a beautiful yellow top and base, and offers the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal, and it does attract a lot of birds, and that has been proven, as a matter of fact. So the prize is there on our Mystery Bird Contest today. And we'll also have a brand new bonus prize if we do one of our bonus questions. If we have time kind of towards the uh, end of our show today. Our Mystery Bird Contest coming along in a little bit. Our conservation salute of the week goes to the government of France for passing a new law that will eventually help millions of people drive on sunshine. France has announced a climate bill requiring that 30% of the surface of new commercial and industrial buildings be covered in solar panels. Beginning in January 2023, just a year and a half from now, meanwhile, parking areas above a certain size will have to solarize at least half of their surface area starting in 2024, and carports will have to have 100% of their surface area solarized. Those solar panels will power a lot of electric cars. And by the way, according to the latest stats, 16% of new car sales in France were plug-in electric vehicles. And it will be going a lot higher pretty soon, pretty sure. What all this means is before long, millions of French drivers will be happily cruising in electric cars Powered by sunshine generated from the roofs of their buildings. So a conservation salute there to the nation of France. And here's our weekly um, conservation. No, that was the conservation salute. Uh, Help me out here, Tim, if I don't get this. This is our royal salute is what this is. Yes, the royal salute. Tim McKenney. Our visiting Hello. engineer today, our engineer emeritus, joining us here. Yes. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Tracy Russo is uh, one of our new ambassadors. She's up in Bodenham, Maine, and she's kind enough to say, I'm thrilled to be a Talking Birds ambassador. This will not come as a surprise to anyone who knows me. I shall bestow your card on them all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you to Jay Messenger from Dover, Delaware. He says, I enjoy listening to your shows on my cell phone while I volunteer at the Bombay Hook National Wildlife Refuge Visitors Center. The visitors enjoy it as well. And he adds, there are sightings of roseate spoonbills on the refuge, which is rare for the area. Pretty cool. And thank you, Jay. Thank you to Tom H. from Dedham, Massachusetts. He says, we'll hand out info at the Endicott Estate Greenhouse. Gardeners probably have an interest in birds. I think you're right about that, Tom, and thank you so much. Well, Talking Birds listeners, is it your turn to join our ambassador's family? We hope so. Help us spread the word about the show and about birds and conservation by visiting our TalkingBirds.com website and clicking on the Get Involved tab. And that's the hard part. The rest is uh, really easy. Well, still to come on our show today, we'll talk with Rhode Island Audubon's Jeff Hall, for a preview of their big event featuring hawks and eagles and owls coming up. Plus, Mike O'Connor will have some news about something not directly bird-related, but very exciting and encouraging that just happened in his hometown of Orleans, Massachusetts. In our Let's Ask Mike 
live segment. And up next, the bird that some call a living pterodactyl is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. As if she knew this great blue heron lives off, leaving her shore. Where today's featured feathered friend is seen in North America, and that would include, depending on the season, every U.S. state, all Canadian provinces, and all of Mexico, it probably makes people sit up and take notice as much as any other bird. When this bird takes flight, many folks feel as though they've been transported back to the late Jurassic period when dinosaurs ruled the land and pterosaurs flapped through the skies. Ardea Herodias, the great blue heron. The great blue heron is big, nearly four feet long with a wingspan of about six feet and a knife-edged death-dealing dagger-like bill. It's not a finicky eater. It'll feast on fish, frogs, shellfish, snakes, turtles, insects, rodents, and small birds, too. That may be one of the reasons why great blue heron populations are stable or increasing. It has bounced back nicely from the days when, along with other heron and egret relatives, it was hunted nearly to extinction for its plumage in the early 20th century. Not all great blue herons are blue or gray-blue. There's a white form down in South Florida and in the Keys, looking a lot like a great egret, but bigger and sturdier looking. Lifting off, leaving her shores, it's Ardea Herodias, the great blue heron. Today's Talkin' Birds, featured feathered friend. As if she knew this great blue heron lives off leaving her shore. Welcome again to our show number 848. That uh, website that we'd like to direct you to, TalkinBirds.com. And here it is, early September. And one thing that means is lots of fall festivals, birding festivals, that is. And uh, we have a few here to point to. Some of these are in person, some are online, some are a combination thereof. September 11th and 12th, out on the West Coast, the Puget Sound Bird Fest in Edmonds, Washington, that will feature online activities all weekend and a birdability presentation by our own Freya McGregor. That's right, along with Virginia Rose. That's a Puget Sound Bird Festival. September 25th is the Lehigh Gap Nature Center Migration Fest in Lehigh Gap, Pennsylvania. You learn about the annual fall spectacle of hawks and butterflies migrating there at Kittatinny Ridge. And how to identify raptors. Also on the 25th of September, the Sea Tuck 2021 Birding Challenge, Long Island, New York. It's Long Island's only island-wide birding competition. It helps promote bird watching, wildlife conservation, and open space preservation across the region. And then into October, on the 15th to the 17th, the Florida Birding and Nature Festival in Apollo Beach, Florida. Three days of field and boat trips, expert seminars on Zoom, keynote speakers, and a nature expo. So how to keep track of all this? 
uh, just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and we have links to all of those uh, festivals and all the details at TalkingBirds.com. Meanwhile, we'd like to add a little extra focus on another exciting event coming soon on September 12th, to be precise, hosted by the Audubon Society of Rhode Island. Jeff Hall is their Senior Director of Advancement, and he joins us on the phone right now to tell us about this event. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Doing well. Doing well, Jeff. Great to have you uh, on the show here again. I understand you're having a rapper weekend. Uh, any <laughs> Not a rapper weekend, but a raptor weekend. Raptor weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, these typos will get you every time. Yes, a, ra- <laughs> a raptor weekend. But seriously, I've been to a couple of these raptor weekends, and they are wonderful. We've broadcast our show from two of them, I believe. And after a one-year hiatus, we're planning to be back this year on September 12th. So, uh, Jeff, if you would, give us an overview. Tell us what folks who can make it to beautiful Bristol, Rhode Island, on Sunday, September 12th, will experience. Oh, thanks, Ray. For, and thanks for coming back um, again. We're excited to have the program back up mm-hmm. after a one-year uh, break. Yeah. But we've got rehabilitators coming from Connecticut, Massachusetts. We have eagles, owls, hawks are all going to be presented we have uh, Master Falconer uh, from Rhode Island. That's, that's new for this year, Jack Billings. So he's going to talk about the art of falconry. Um, we have Eyes and Owls from uh, Boston, uh, Marsha and Mark Wilson, who give just just one of the best uh, owl presentations I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, they do a great job. I've, I've been um, to a few of their presentations here. They are really terrific. We have a photography exhibit going on, um, and uh, Peter Green from uh, Providence Raptors is going to talk about seeing raptors in the city. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a full event, so it's, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we know Peter, too. He's, he watches those peregrine falcons right from, do I have this right, from the Superman building in downtown Providence. Is that is that right? That, yeah, that's our local uh, name for one of the buildings that looks mm-hmm. like Clark Kent's office. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so we have... Uh, a live webcam on top of that. We had four uh, male uh, fledge this year, so it was oh, yeah. a good year. Oh, that's right. I, I got that a little bit mixed up. He watches them, I think, from another building, but they're up there on that tower. In fact, our Debbie Bleacher was there observing the, that uh, uh, banding of those peregrine falcons. <laughs> yes, she was. Uh, yep, she helped out. Yeah. She helped a great, great job. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, with uh, sort of COVID protocols uh, in mind, you have kind of a new system in place, right? So people can be there in person? Right. So from the very get-go, we're, requir- we're not requiring. We're, requ- we're uh, suggesting that people get their tickets online to do contactless uh, admission. So that's, that's one thing. <laughs> but we're also, instead of doing... Uh, programs sequentially, one after another. We're going to do multiple programs at the same time, and then we're going to repeat them from the morning into the afternoon. So you don't have to, you won't miss a program, but we're going to try to separate the crowd so we're not that, you know, uh, ganged up. We are spacing chairs in the in our big uh, big top tent that we have. Uh, we are requiring masks if you go into the building. Um, we have a lot of kids there at this event, so we want to make sure that they're all safe. But um, and then under the tents, we're just asking people if you know if you would like to wear masks, please do. Not, not a problem. And uh, so we're just going to try to spread the uh, event out over the property. So we're not we're not uh, 
ganged up together. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Okay, by the way, we're going to be talking to Dr. Charles Clarkson next week when we're down there. He's a new addition to your staff, right? A Ph.D. ornithologist joining you guys. Yes, just Charles just uh, joined us. Well, he's officially starting on the Monday after Raptor Weekend, but mm-hmm. we got him to start a little bit early. Right. But he's becoming, he's the director of avian research uh, for the Autobot. It's a brand new position. Mm-hmm. He's coming off some uh, really important research on our breeding bird survey here in Rhode Island, and we are hoping to, you know, use that data to begin implementing plans for habitat management and creating models for other uh, land trust, uh, land preservation organizations, birds, habitat, Mm -hmm. and climate change. It's a big issue, so we are investing a lot of money in this position. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Jeff, what's the best way for folks to learn uh, more about the Raptor Weekend, how to sign up, for example? The best way is go to our website, uh, asri.org. Um, right when you come to the main page, there's a big, big, uh, not a big, uh, screech owl, big <laughs> on the picture. But um, And then you can follow, you can see the schedule events, different, uh, we have different presenters each day, tickets there, or a COVID protocol, and um, you can get all the information directions right from the site. All right, Jeff Hall, Senior Director of Advancement for the Audubon Society of Rhode Island. Jeff, we'll see you at the Raptor Weekend, Sunday, September 12th at Audubon Rhode Island Spectacular Nature Center and Aquarium in beautiful Bristol, Rhode Island. Looking forward to it, Ray. Bring your best rap music. (laughs) I'll I'll bring all my records. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. Up next here, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's the sound of one of them, of our mystery bird. Here's the other one. So in addition to that ticking call, the male of the species of this mystery bird produces that hollow, low-whistled sound called winnowing. Our bird is a foot-long shorebird found in wet, grassy areas where it probes into mud for small invertebrates with its long, specialized bill. It has a brown body with a boldly striped back and head and a rusty red tail. It breeds in the northern states and most of Canada and Alaska and winters down across the U.S. from northern California to the mid-Atlantic states and down into South America, so a big range there. So that's our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees' new generation metal finch sock and a 12-ounce bag of bird-friendly, shade-grown, delicious birds and beans coffee. And if we have time for a bonus question, we have a new bonus prize, too, that we'll describe. In any case, give us a call and tell us what you think that bird is. Call us as soon as you can. 
so we have time. 781-837-4900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Coming up next, we'll hear about um, bottles of water and um, hummingbirds with the forked tongue with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautiobooks.com. My name is Kathy Rigling, and I'm from Tangerine, Florida. I decided to be a Talking Birds ambassador. I realized how much I enjoyed the show and how much I was learning, and I wanted to share that. I encourage other listeners to go ahead and take the next step and become an ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com, and thanks. Down to Orleans, Cape Cod, Mike O'Connor and that town we just mentioned there doing something very special for the environment. Let's find out about it. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning. Yeah, right. My little town, Orleans, which, you know, is, uh, you know, it's not not, not known for its cutting edge. We just got indoor (laughs) plumbing like a year ago. Congratulations on that. (laughs) It's nice. You should try that. They just uh, a, a year or two ago they banned those those crummy little cheesy plastic bags that the stores used to put. You yeah. know, you'd, you'd buy a soda and then they'd put a put it in a bag and just throw yeah. it away. And then, would, the, and then the bag left. would go up into the a nearby tree shortly right. after. <laughs> At the yeah. bag trees, right? And and so they got rid of those. So okay, everybody's doing that. But just last week they also outlawed or banned or per, you can't sell those single-use little bottles of water. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. when we were kids, we would just, you know, go to, a, as, as we say in Massachusetts, a bubbla. <laughs> we'd, go, we'd go to a, a water fountain or something and have yeah. a drink. Well, then they got, you know, there's money in that, so they put them into plastic bottles and everybody's mm. buying them. Well, no more in Orleans. You can still buy large containers of water, but the little ones, the little single-use things, no more. So good for them. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just sort of mentioned we we're going to do a little piece uh, on an upcoming show about the idea of bottled water in general and whether it's really better than tap water. And we have some kind of expert uh, testimony and stats that might surprise some people about that. Oh, I'm going to listen right. to that show. All right, me too. So. <laughs> Tim is nodding. He may listen as well. Listen, you better do the show, too. Come on. They're doing it and listening. You think that's easy? No, that's not. So, But but uh, the other thing you wanted to talk about, and we have the picture that we're going to put on our website to uh, demonstrate this, and that is your amazing picture of a ruby-throated hummingbird and particularly the tongue of that bird and how amazing it is. Right. Well, I think we've all birders are trying to take pictures of hummingbirds, which is hard. They're fast. And they, one morning I was sitting out in the deck having breakfast, and my wife has some flowers out there. And, you know, like a million times, they, oh, the light's nice. Let's take a few pictures. And I took a ton. And then when I went back to look at them, in one shot, the hummingbird had put its beak through the blossom, and the tongue had come out the other side. And when I saw the uh, the, 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 the picture at the end, 
hummingbirds, I kind of knew this, but I guess I forgot, have a split tongue at the end. The mm. tongue is split, just like a snake, the forked tongue like a snake yeah. or a, a politician. And, <laughs> and at the end, it's, this was a dramatic split. It's like almost like two tongues. Mm. And at the end of each, we'll call it fork, is these little little hair-like fibers that collect the nectar. And if the birds bring it in, they bring the nectar with them, and the birds can flick this tongue in and out like 12, 15, 18 times per second. This is just a, and when it does, it shoots out. As it comes out, it forces the nectar that's just gathered back into the bird's throat, and they do this. And I had taken a lot of pictures, and you see the tongue sticking out. It just looks like a one piece. But in this picture, for whatever reason, the fork was really wide, and it was really cool. It was re- wow. it looks it looks like a party favor ring party coming favor. out of the bird. Wow! And, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that's why we can use those flat hummingbird feeders. They're like a dish. We don't need those drippy kind where the nectar sits at the very tip. They can be flat, and the birds extend their tongue as long as their beak is, so it's extra long, and they can lap up nectar that's deep inside those flat feeders, which are the better choices. Go ahead. I I forgot now, but uh, that's okay. No, that was important information (laughs) that you just gave there. So (laughs) thank you for that, and we will get that amazing picture of yours up on our website very shortly and on our Facebook page, too. All right. We'll All talk right. to you next week. Bro. All right, Mike, Mike O'Connor, down there in Orleans, Massachusetts, uh, where no more of those little plastic bottles of water there. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds' conservation and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Okay, one more time. Back to the uh, Mystery Bird Contest. It's presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Trying to identify this long or foot-long shorebird found in wet, grassy areas where it probes into mud for small invertebrates with its long, specialized bill. Michael is in Minneapolis, Minnesota, who may have an answer for us. Good morning, Michael. Hello, Michael. Well, uh, There you are. uh, Yeah, can you hear me? We can hear you perfectly now, Michael, yes. What do you think on the mystery bird? Well, with that winnowing, winnowing sound, I actually want to say the Wilson Snipe. You want to say the Wilson Snipe? Would you like to go ahead and uh, say it then? Wilson Snipe. Wilson Snipe. <laughs> okay, we don't want to make this like Jeopardy or anything, but yes. Wilson Snipe, nice job. I think we have time for a bonus question. Would you like to try it? Sure, I'll give it a try. But this is different now. We have an actual bonus question prize. So if you get this right, you get this extra prize in addition to the ones you've already won. And so our bonus prize is from our new friends at Wisdom Supply Company. This is a $20 gift card from Wisdom Supply named after the oldest recorded wild bird, Wisdom, the Midway Albatross. Wisdom Supply is a women-owned bee corporation that is preventing plastic pollution through thoughtfully designed, plastic-free, zero-waste school and office supplies. That's pretty cool, and we are so happy to have Wisdom Supply with us here on the show. So, we thought we'd ask a Wisdom the Albatross question. 
Why not? This is multiple choice. How old is Wisdom the Albatross thought to be, Michael? A, 30 years old. B, 50 years old. C, 70 years old. Or D, pretty old, but not as old as Mike O'Connor. <laughs> that should be the choices there. What do you think, Michael? Let's go with 70 years old. 70 years old, that's pretty old, but that is, uh, that's what they say, yeah. At least 70 years old. Pretty amazing. Well, nice job. You, 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 you aced it all the way across there, Michael. Thank you so much. And stay on the line, and we'll arrange to send you that stuff. Sounds good, thanks. <laughs> all right, thank you, Michael. They're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That winnowing thing, by the way, in the uh, Wilson Snipe, not a vocal sound, but produced by air flowing over the outstretched thin, curved outer tail feathers. Pretty amazing. Well, next week, we'll be live with ornithologist Charles Clarkson at the Audubon Society of Rhode Island's Raptor Weekend in beautiful Bristol, Rhode Island. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and today's special producing engineer, Tim McKenney. Timber! I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.